Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Welcome back to Pro Football Talk Live, and here he is in the flesh. Not like it would be during a normal Super Bowl, but we'll take what we can get with one of my personal favorites, National Football League superstar, Arizona Cardinals quarterback, Kyler, Moore, uh, Kyler Murray, joining the program. Kyler, how are oh, you, yeah, buddy? He's your favorite. You can't even say his name right. Jeez. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Uh, it's Kyler early. Murray. It's, it's, it's Kyler uh, I'm Murray. Good. How are y'all? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, man, great to see you. Congratulations on the success this year. And, and let's start with, with the thing that I think is the most significant. I mean, we, we have been hyping the Kyler Murray train. See, Chris, I said it right that time, all year long. You made it to the Pro Bowl. What that, what that mean to you personally to have that kind of recognition from the fans, from coaches, and from your peers? Uh, I think it was a big deal uh, for me. You know, honored to, uh, you know, have them think of me that way. You know, I put a lot of hard work into this. Uh, got a lot of great teammates, my coaches, you know, it, it wasn't just me, but as a kid, you know, watching the Pro Bowl, wanting to be in it, obviously not being able to play in it this year sucked, but uh, it, it was an honor. Beyond making it to the Pro Bowl, what were you most proud of in your second NFL season? Uh, I, I mean, it didn't end the way we wanted it to end, so I'm not going to say I was proud of the season, but uh, I think we, we made uh, strides in the right direction. Kyler, well, one thing I'm always interested in, because I, I, I experienced it a little, and now I'm not as freaky and as talented as you are, but year one to year two, just talk about the difference of the year, the approach, did the game slow down for you, things like that. Yeah, I think for me, um, I, I could tell in camp the game has slowed down. You know, playing quarterback, uh, for me it was pre-snap, post-snap reads during camp. The game just slowed down. It was a lot easier. I knew what the defenses were doing. Um, and it carried into the season. So, you know, I, I think the latter part of last season helped me going into this season, getting all those reps as a rookie, uh, having the ups and the downs. But, uh, you know, I know what type of player I am. And the year two being in the system, all of our guys were a lot more comfortable. So I think it all just helped out. All right. So, yeah, more comfort. You know, you feel better, all that. Now, Tell me about the big stud you brought on, like DeAndre Hopkins. What does that do for you as a player and you just think for the offense overall? Yeah, no, he, he just he, – he completely changed the game. You know, when you add, uh, in my eyes, best receiver in the league um, to your team, to your roster, I mean, he, like I said, he changed the game. The whole dynamic of the offense changed. Uh, he's a guy you can just really throw the ball to uh, and, and really put it anywhere he might catch it. So – um, you know, like I said, he changed everything for us. And, you know, I was glad we got him. What was the hardest part, Kyler, of getting up to speed with DeAndre Hopkins, given that you didn't have the usual opportunity, offseason program, preseason games, to get ready like you ordinarily would with a new piece like that in the offense? I mean, it's funny. Uh, I, like, I met him one time um, in Dallas. Uh, I had the guys out. You know, he came out and we kind of hit it off. Uh, from there, man, it was just natural. Um, you know, he he honestly didn't get – we didn't get that many reps together in, uh, in camp. And then that first game, and he came out – like, we came out and just 
Uh, I think he had 13 or 14 receptions for like one something. Um, it, it was just, like I said, it was natural. Um, and man, for, for us to be together that, uh, you know, for that short amount of time and do what we did, I think the sky's the limit. Yeah, and now that we're talking about DeAndre, he came from Houston. It was a surprising trade a year ago. Have you picked up any vibes from him about what he thinks is going to happen with his former quarterback, Deshaun Watson, where he may end up? Um, honestly, no. Um, you know, I, I hope the best for Deshaun. I, I kind of, I feel for him, but you know, I, I think he's in, uh, I think he's a good headspace. Uh, you know, got to play Madden with him the other day. Obviously, a good dude. So, um, you know, I, I hope it all works out for him. Kyler, like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm intrigued by your leadership style. Like you have this great way of being quiet, confident, yet you seem to get along with your teammates and yet you can yell at them when there's like four screen blockers in that one game and they didn't block anybody and you had no problem yelling them. Like, how do you balance that? Really? How, how do you approach being who you are? Honestly, I've never had an issue with it. Um, I just think, you know, when the guys see how hard you work, uh, how much you love the game, I think it's easy to, you know, play for a guy, want to win for a guy like that. Uh, and I, I just put my all into the game. And, and, you know, like I said, they see that and they, they you know, they respect it. So, and, and they understand, you know, I'm the quarterback. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, when you mess up, when you mess up, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get yelled at. I think that just, um, you know, we're all just trying to win. And if, you know, if, if we got to go at it from here, you know, uh, Every once in a while, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I I understand you all the way. I mean, I actually love that you do it. Do you make a concerted effort, though, you know, off the field to make sure you hang out with the guys and go get burgers or when you do, do stuff like that to just, like, smooth it over afterwards? Or do you feel like it's kind of understood and they know where you're coming from? Well, I, I think that's the, the the part of it. You know, when you're around the guys and, you know, you got love for them, you hang out with them, you spend time with them. Uh, I think that makes it easier to yell at them and get on, get on them uh, right. when bad things happen. But, um, no, like I said, they, they understand what it is. I mean, we're just trying to win. You know, we're all competing. Um, no one likes to lose. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's really the main focus is trying to win. Um, if they uh, if they feel some type of way about it, which, some, you know, sometimes, you know, guys do uh, – I'll definitely uh, we'll we'll kiss and make up afterwards, but during during the battle, man, it, it gets heated. So, yeah, Kyler, we saw the progression from year one to year two. What is your objective for year three? Obviously, as a team, we know what you want to do, but personally, where are you trying to push yourself to improve? Uh, man, I think you know after every after every season, you go back and you watch. Um, and you can you see all the you know the plays or you know areas where you could have gotten better. And I think um, for me, yeah, I made a you know I made a jump from year one to year two. But I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of areas where I can get better, um, limit the mistakes, and uh, you know I, 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 we're already kind of we're already hard to stop when we're not shooting ourselves in the foot. So I think uh, if I can just take my my game to the next level, uh, that'll just make us that much better. Kyler, are there other quarterbacks you study for inspiration and ideas as to things you can do to try to emulate them and get better results for your team? Yeah, growing up, you know, Michael Vick, obviously, he was, he was my, you know, uh, the guy that I watched the most. But uh, right now, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, obviously I played in division with Russell, then being, you know, kind of the same stature as me. Um, and, and Tom Brady, just the, the way they the way they move, the way they go about their business, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's for me with, with being able to still watch them, uh, not knowing how much longer some of these guys got left. I'm just trying to, you know, take it, take it all in. Kyler, I'm, I'm like your offense, you know, you've been in this offense for a long time. I mean, you college, you know, Cliff Kingsbury being involved in it. He's still getting used to the NFL. Like, are there, things you'd like to do more offensively like that, that just change it up whether they're curveballs to your approach do you do you want to get underneath the center more I'm just throwing things out there just to yeah. just to kind of hear your take on it uh, I mean that's a good question um, I, I think yeah, be careful don't get yourself in trouble with your coach <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I'm gonna keep it short and simple I, I think you know like I said um, I focus on, you know, my job and everybody else's job, but, you know, it starts with me. Uh, I think, you know, if I just, you know, if I can take care of the ball a little bit better here and there um, 
and you know limit the we as an offense we have to limit the penalties. Uh, I think we led the league in penalties or something like that. But just be more disciplined um, all around the board, and I think we'll be better. When you watch, you brought up Rodgers. When you watch him, what's what's the part of his game that you love or you're you want to kind of implement into your own game that you'd like to take from him? Man, uh, I, I love watching him. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, they lost, but uh, right. I, I just think the way, the way, he, like, like I said, and the way he moves, um, really everything, you know, I watched, I watched every snap um, and, and I'm really just watching him. Uh, obviously everybody, under, you know, they, they all know how, how uh, effortlessly, you know, he throws the ball, but, um, you know, when good things happen, when bad things happen, how he how he reacts, how he responds, all that stuff. Let, let me just – one th- more thing, too. Oh, sorry. One more. Sorry, Mike. Go ahead. I, I, I just – you know I love this question, Mike, because especially with this guy, we talk about him all the time, right? He's got three rockets up his butt. He doesn't got one or two. He's got three <laughs> of them. And I'm always intrigued with someone like you just – in your two years in the NFL, who's popped out to you as like being another freaky guy? You know, we know Aaron Donald is, but there's like the shocking one where you're like, whoa, I didn't know this guy was like this in person. Anybody pop to your mind? Um, like, like that in person? I, I mean, I think uh, probably, probably Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's obvious though. Are you are you wanting somebody that's no? Like, that's a good that, one. I I like that. Okay. That's a good one. He could probably beat you in a race easily. No problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he I'll, I'll admit, yeah, he'll probably get me for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but would you beat Scotty Miller in a race? That's the real question. Because Scotty Miller called a shot last week that he beat Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I, I heard he can go. I've watched. I've obviously watched you know games, so I know he can go. But um, I don't think he's getting him. I, I don't know. I don't know. Tyler, one of the things I've been impressed about by your time in the NFL, your ability and your willingness to avoid contact. And we're big proponents of that. We don't want quarterbacks to get hit because we don't want them to get hurt. But I noticed as the season got toward crunch time that you were willing to embrace contact more. Just kind of it it felt like you're trying to will Mm -hmm. this team. You're trying to take charge. Did you consciously begin later in the year to, to kind of take on that possibility of getting hit by some of these big guys running around out there? No, I just think, um, you know, once you get more comfortable out there um, and you're, you know, you're aware of everything that's going on, how fast guys move, um, how hard they hit and stuff like that, you just get more comfortable. Um, And for me, that was, that was the whole thing. You know, I rushed more like midway during this season than I did the whole season last year. So, um, I, I think for me, I think it was just about com- being comfortable out there and uh, being aware of, like I said, everything. Um, but yeah, no. As far as taking hits goes, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't think anybody should love to take hits. Uh, but when the game's on the li- when the game's on the line, stuff like that, uh, I, I think you know there, there's a time and a place. We love that Snickers chain that you've got on. Tell us more about what you have going yeah. on with them. Um, yeah, shout out to Ben Baller for making this. Uh, it's it's an honor, like I said, to be you know the uh, Snickers hungriest player of the year. I, I was honestly really surprised that I won this award. Just um, with all the great players that won it this year, um, getting it donated off to uh, first responders in Arizona. So it's it's a uh, it's a great honor. We're doing it for a good deed. Uh, it's awesome, man. It really is. I mean, you know, like I said, you're rich. You can send me one of those chains, no problem, man. I'll sport it for Snickers too. We'll see if I can get you one. <laughs> okay, thanks. You good? You, we, what all are right. You, I, I, we, all right, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I, Chris, I was laying out for you. I thought you had more questions. I got a couple more. I do. Let me ask you I this, I got Kyle. one more. I want to ask him this. More. I do. I want to ask him. Right. I thought, I'm sorry. I messed that up. Go what ahead. I do want to ask <laughs> is a little bit with your, you know, Mike talked about how you got hit, uh, you know, avoiding things like that. How affected were you during the year? One, I thought there was a change in your mechanics at one point during the year because maybe your elbow bothered you. Please tell me if I'm wrong or right there either way. But how much did the shoulder affect you as the season went along too? Um, yeah, I, I see. I saw that like, you know, around uh, social media stuff, people saying like, you know, uh, the shoulders affecting them, stuff like that. It, it happened, um, happened against the Dolphins. You know, I kind of, 
I don't know if you saw, I, I ran into a dude like yeah. third and long, or one of the downs, whatever. But um, that started it off. And then the Seahawks game, I landed on it first drive. Uh, that That's when it kind of really started. Uh, I couldn't really, you know, I wanted to, wanted to stay in the game for my guys against the Seahawks. So I didn't start, you know, I wasn't running around as much taking hits. So I think that affected it. But um, after that game, man, I was fine. Um, you know, obviously had to play through it a little bit, but, you know, you take hits here and there uh, and, you know, you keep playing and it was fine. So uh, I was good throughout the year. I don't think it affected me uh, as much as people think it did, but yeah. Kyler, last one. You're in one of the toughest divisions in the NFL, arguably the toughest, the NFC West. Jared Goff's yeah. leaving. Matthew Stafford's coming in. Your thoughts on that swap at quarterback for the Rams? I mean, I think it's uh, it's it's what they wanted. Um, you know, I, me personally, I love Matt Stafford. I think he's you know one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. Um, and uh, like I said, I, I love watching him. I love the way he plays. I mean, he he's really. Uh, He's a gunslinger. You know, if you watch the game, you know he can make any throw on the field and make it look easy. Um, so I, I don't know if I'm too excited about it, but I, I you know, I love to compete. So uh, it is what it is. Well, Kyle, you make it look easy, too, and it's great talking to you as always. Congratulations on all your success and all the best moving forward, pal. Thank you for having me. There he is, Kyler Murray. Incredible second season, fell short of the postseason, but uh, Kyler Murray on his way, Chris, one of our favorites. You know, I should have told you since you were home yesterday, you should have busted know, I out about it. the giant Kyler Murray jersey that is big enough for him to sleep in. We, we, I thought about bringing it up, but, you know, we have short time w with these guys, uh, as you know, and I just... I wanted to get into, you know, my boy blue versus your boy red and you won and had to make me wear the jersey, but we just didn't have enough time. But either way, you know, just uh, enjoy talking to the guy, you know, great personality. You could see he loves the sport. He's into everything about it. And uh, he's, he's that baseball background. You could tell he appreciate throwers like a Rogers and a Stafford and what they can do with the ball from within the pocket. Well, and. He he he's funny about Stafford. He loves Stafford. He's a gunslinger, and then it kind of dawns on him, oh crap, he's gonna be playing for a team that we have to compete with head to head twice per year in our division. That's a tough division for every team in it, but especially for the Cardinals, who used to be for years in the NFC East. They were like that team that was just kind of tacked on at the bottom of the NFC East. And it never made sense, especially after they moved to Arizona to stay in the NFC East. But that's where they were until 2002 when they realigned everything. The NFC West now has a great collection of quarterbacks when you consider, assuming the Stafford deal becomes official on March 17, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson. The guy that stands out right now, Chris, is Jimmy Garoppolo because we don't know that he's going to be there. And when you see that the... 49ers got involved in the Matthew Stafford sweepstakes. It makes you wonder, are they going to try to get Deshaun Watson? There was a lot of buzz yesterday about the obvious possibility that they would try to trade for Kirk Cousins. Um, wh where do you think this is going to go? Well, I, I just, I feel like, you know, reading the tea leaves and everything, just the paying attention to the 49ers football team all year like we do, talking about it, everything like that. I mean, it seems like they're looking to try to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo or see if they can get so some sort of upgrade at the quarterback position. And I understand it, you know? I mean, two things like we talked about. Jimmy Garoppolo can't stay healthy. They have a really good team. It's a Super Bowl type of team. And, you know, if if... They, so they either got to get a quarterback who can play and be out there consistently or get a top-tier backup-type quarterback. But I think the other thing, like to your point, Mike, and like what you're talking about, you know, the, the 49ers, Shanahan, he's in the NFC West like you're talking about. He's seeing Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, and he got to see a few other quarterbacks and Mahomes in the Super Bowl last year. You know, he's got to look at it and go, wait. Uh, I, one of these guys who can make plays, it doesn't always have to be on me and the offense delivering all the time. Uh, and that's where I got to think they're looking for that upgrade. But the injury thing has got to be a real concern for that organization.
23 games missed by Jimmy Garoppolo in the past three seasons. Now, 2019, he didn't miss a game, but they went into that Bob Greasy mode with him in the postseason when Kyle Shanahan got freaked out by some balls that Garoppolo threw against the Vikings that could have been picked off. One was, two weren't. All three were in the direction of Eric Kendricks. And then you've got uh, this year missing the the, the 10 games with the ankle injury. Right. At, at some point, you've just got to consider your options. $2.8 million is the cap charge that would attach to trading or or cutting Jimmy Garoppolo. There's some thought that maybe they could trade him right back to the Patriots. But then who do the 49ers end up with? And Chris, we have a question from JBO, 799-2900. Got to get the numbers right. Please tell me if Cousins to the Niners, smoke has fire. When would this need to go down? The hashtag skull at the very end, you don't see that on the screen, but the hashtag skull at the end is a giveaway because there are plenty of Vikings fans that would love to see the Vikings offload Kirk Cousins. We'll talk about that angle in a minute. For now, though, Cousins to the 49ers, and some 49ers fans is like, what's the difference between him and Garoppolo? Well, one difference is Cousins doesn't get injured, and the other difference is he's known that offense since 2012. Now, he's he's learned others since then, but he could go back to that mode that he was in when he was with Kyle Shanahan, relearn the offense and run the offense the way he did in Washington. Definitely run it like he did in Washington, do all the things Jimmy Garoppolo does. And then some uh, Kirk cousins is better than Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback. In my assessment, uh, I, I think there's a clear advantage to cousins. You, know, you say what you want about Kirk cousins. It's not special. Like you've always talked about. He's not going to make backyard you know, scramble type plays and do that. But we know Jimmy Garoppolo's not that guy either. So Shanahan's comfortable with that type of player. But the one difference to me between Cousins and Garoppolo is just the pure throwing aspect. Cousins is a pure thrower. He is gifted that way. It might not be the strongest arm you've ever seen, but it's plenty strong. And the way they uncork the ball down the field, hey, they had one of the more aggressive, deep passing uh, passing games in all of football this year. I mean, it wasn't dink and dunk. It was Justin Jefferson, 40 yards down the field. Adam Thielen, 30 yards over here. Hey, back to Justin Jefferson, 20 yards over the middle. They look for big throws in the pass game. And that, to me, is where it would be a huge upgrade because, you know, you mentioned it, the struggles in the playoffs last year, a very average Super Bowl performance by Jimmy Garoppolo to cap that off. And then not bringing anything physically elite or special to the field as a quarterback, and then you're injured a lot, I, I don't know how you could think that you would just get the red carpet rolled out for you and definitely get to come back and be the starting quarterback. Amazing to think that the quarterback of the Super Bowl representative for 2018 and 2019 both gone out of the NFC West in the same cycle. Jared Goff Crazy. dumped. And now Jimmy Garoppolo potentially dumped. Think about Kirk Cousins, and I'm ready to give him some praise. This is, he loves him, Faze. I love him Kirk today. Cousins, Kirk Cousins knows how to stay within his abilities. He knows the limits. Exactly. He's very self-aware of his abilities on the football field. And that's one of the ways you get injured, Chris. When you start trying to do things that you're not built to do, that's when you set yourself up to get hit in an awkward way. You're, you're, you're straining too hard. You're trying too hard. You're trying to will your body to do something it's just not wired to do. When Kirk Cousins knows the play's over, the play's over. You're never going right. to see Kirk Cousins drop a shoulder at the sideline and tear his ACL like Jimmy Garoppolo did. You're never right. going to see Kirk Cousins get caught in this mass of bodies and sprain his ankle. When it's going down, he's down. It's done. That's it. And that's one of the reasons why he's able to suit up and play every week. And that's one of the key components of being a franchise quarterback. If if we if we broaden the definition, because I don't know how many there are, but you got to be available to play to be in the conversation. And Kirk Cousins always is. Now, the other side of it, I wrote about this yeah. last night. Cause because I, you know, look, we we we've known that Kyle Shanahan's been interested in a Kirk Cousins reunion. That was three years ago, but maybe it could happen now. What well, was pre-Garoppolo, maybe it could happen now. I don't think the Vikings are gonna want to let him go because if the Vikings let him go. What are they going to do? 
It's not like there's some guy out there that's going to be dramatically that's... better than Kirk Cousins. And if you move on from Cousins, that's how you move a step closer toward getting everybody fired. You keep Cousins, you may be good enough to keep everyone around for another year. You get rid of Cousins, what are you going to do, Mitchell Trubisky? No disrespect, I'm just I know. throwing out names. Like It's not like there's right. a ton of names out there where you look at it and say, well, that guy's better than Kirk Cousins, and you put him into a new team, a new offense, a new everything. He's not going to be as good as Kirk Cousins. Cousins isn't going to take you to the Super Bowl. But he's not going to get everybody fired either. And I think that's going to be a factor for the Vikings. And they're not going to want to give him away. I, I, I don't know what the Vikings would do at quarterback without Cousins for 2021. I agree. That's where I, I think that I, I don't know if I can get be, you know, behind it. I don't know if it makes sense for the Minnesota Vikings. Unless they're totally going, okay, fine. We're going to trade them you know, get some picks and, and really try to semi-rebuild here on the run again. But you're right. That doesn't, doesn't seem that's the way. That's not going to be right for Mike Zimmer at this point of his career. So I have a hard time thinking that. And I don't think they're just going to be like, hey, you know, you give us Jimmy Garoppolo, we'll give you Kirk Cousins and a few picks. I don't know if they're going to be happy about that either. Because again, yeah, they might like Jimmy Garoppolo, but He's not healthy ever. So that's going to hurt his trade value or a team just saying, yeah, we want him. We want the guy who plays 60% of the time. That's a tough one. I think this whole 49ers quarterback situation, very fascinating. I really do. Um, I have zero inside knowledge of the situation, just to be clear on that. This is sure a team. Don't. I don't. I, this is where I, I don't hear from Kyle Shanahan at all. He doesn't want to tell me anything. What? So my big mouth can go on here and, and, <laughs> and introduce it to the whole world. He, he wants nothing to do with me right now. So we've, it's been a little while since we talked. Um, but I'm smart enough and I follow his team to, to know that that's got to be an issue. We see that they were in the trade market for a Matthew Stafford. We've heard the mum, you know, the murmurs and mumbles out there that are, you know, surrounding their quarterback situation. And they're a Super Bowl team, and they're not sure about their quarterback. And uh, I, that's going to be something to watch here, you know, for the next few weeks. And a point you made yesterday, the teams that were at the table for Matthew Stafford are the first ones we need to look at to be at the table for Deshaun Watson. But the price is a lot higher. So whereas a team like the 49ers may have been willing to put together a package for Matthew Stafford, are they really going to break the bank from a draft pick standpoint for the guy they could have had in 2017? Psychologically, that's got to be tough for the 49ers to do. Give up three first-round picks for the guy that we could have had and we didn't take him? Tough, tough, tough one to justify. So I don't know what the 49ers are going to do, but it sure feels like they're looking for alternatives to Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going to take a break when we return. Super Bowl 25 MVP. A guy who played with the big effort on the New York Giants. Otis Anderson joins us here on PFT Live. We'll be right back. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You laugh at the Cardinals now? <laughs> do I laugh at the Cardinals? Or do I roll, do I roll on the ground and, and flip over and just kiss the ground and say, God, thank you very much for the beginning, but love you so much for the ending. Sure, and I don't laugh at the Cardinals per se, but you know... Uh, you got to, hey, you got to look at it and say, Gene Stall is not bad as I thought you were, and, you know, <laughs> you knew what you were doing. 
That's Otis Anderson from one of the Super Bowls he participated in with the New York Giants. I remember vividly, Chris, I was 14 years old when Otis Anderson made a big splash in 1979, over 1,600 rushing yards as a rookie with the St. Louis Cardinals, a team that really never did all that much, but they had something special in Otis Anderson, but he reached that higher level when he got to the Giants and won a couple of rings. He, um, I can remember my dad and how excited he was back in 1986 that Otis Anderson was traded to the New York Giants. You know, I just, I can remember him gushing about what a good player he thought he was. And then, of course, he found his role. Big Blue, Otis Anderson, tough running between the tackles, just, you know, physical New York Giants football. He fit the mold of the football team. And really, as the late 80s went on, he kind of became you know, the, the lifeline and, and soul of that team. They played through the run game in 89 and 90s in his tough ways. And you could see right there, he could still probably carry the football a little bit and move the pile on. <laughs> and there he is, Otis Anderson, joining us now. Uh, played for the Giants, Super Bowl 21 and 25, the MVP of that game. Otis, welcome to the program. Great to see you, buddy. Hey, good morning, guys. You know, Last week was the 30-year anniversary of that win in Super Bowl 25. To me, one of the most exciting and compelling Super Bowls of all time. What's the one enduring memory for you from that game? I would say that uh, Whitney Houston singing the national anthem just just completely fooled everyone. No, no one knew that she was performing, and to see her come out, a native of New Jersey, to come out and sing the national anthem and the way she did it, uh, and based on what was going on during that time of the uh, of the year, it was uh, it was incredible. It was incredible for all of us. Yeah, Gulf War had just started not long before that, and uh, that was a moment that really galvanized the entire nation. The moment that galvanized everyone's eyes to the TV was that field goal try by the Bills at the end. Where were you during that moment? Were you looking? Were you head down? Were you you know? Hiding somewhere. What? Where? Take us through what you experienced as that kick went up into the air. Well, I was toward the end of the the bench, toward the uh, heading toward the locker room. If if he missed that field goal, I'm not being a good sport. I'm going in. I'm just done because it's such an emotional game. And but you know, overall, I probably would have stayed out there because my my ex teammate Leonard Smith was playing for for Buffalo at that time, but. How I knew he missed the field goal, I was looking over at Ma Levy and uh, Andre Reed and James Lofton was holding hands. And when that kick started off, their hands started going up in the air. And I was like, oh, shoot. And then I saw their hands drop. And as I saw their hands drop, I see the ball drifting to the right. And I said, he missed it. And Disney running behind me saying, you're the MVP of the Super Bowl. Well, what? Oh, Otis, more on that game, because, of course, it's one of the greatest upsets in Super Bowl history. It was the great, you know, air show of Jim Kelly and the Buffalo Bills. How about, like, your mindset going into the week? Like, were you prepared? Did you know that it was going to just be a ground-and-pound Otis Anderson, you know, work session going into the game? Well, Chris, you know, um, Ron, the late Ron Earhart and Parcells, and um, my coach, uh, Ray Hanley, sat down after all the team meetings was over with, and they said, listen, this is our game plan. We want to run you till your tongue fall out. So <laughs> what, plays, what plays are you comfortable? Hey, hey, Chris, you know that coming from Parcells from your dad. You know how he talks. So he said, what plays do you like to run best? And I said, coach, if you can keep me between the tackles, I really appreciate it. And then Bill said, well, you know, we got to trick him every once in a while. We got to get you to the perimeter. That's the only way we're going to be successful. But I know we have made it to get us around the corner, but every once in a while, we got to take you to the corner. I'm like, okay, coach. And, and that game, I only had two plays. They went outside. One went to the left by the goal line, and the other one was around the left side where I hit Kelso with that uppercut. Oh, that's the next question I want to ask about. <laughs> I mean, to me, that is the lasting image other than the missed field goal is O.J. Anderson winding up the big right hook. Like, had you – had you done that? I don't remember watching you in prior games, you know, with the Giants ever throwing the uppercut out like that. Well, when I came in as a rookie from Miami, I did it a lot in St. Louis. And uh, and I just never had really, you know, a chance to do it when I became a Giant because, you know, I was behind you know, Joe Morris who did everything when I got there in 86. And then 87 was the strike. And 
and 88, I played goal line and short yardage. So I really didn't have a chance to 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 execute it. But I knew I always had it if I needed it. And uh, that play just just I just wanted to really intimidate him so bad and made him really think about how he wanted to tackle me. And so that's what that form was all about. Otis, take us back to that late 1980s locker room for the New York Giants where there's a little blonde-haired, foul-mouthed kid running around. Do you have a memory of Chris Sims in the Giants locker room? <laughs> you know, uh, Chris was always a little busybody. When, you know, like on Saturdays, you know, most guys brought their kids to, to practice. And, you know, Chris, Chris shows signs that he could be an athlete, you know. <laughs> he throw the ball around, <laughs> run around with us. I mean, he was good. Overall, he was a pretty good kid. Well-mannered kid. And, uh, you know, I'm just so happy to see him follow his dad's footsteps again, you know, being a, <laughs> a, a true quarterback. And then here he is doing a great job as a broadcaster. So uh, the apple still doesn't fall too far from the tree. Yeah, Were see, you eat aware? that, Floreal. I was a good kid. Uh, well, I'm going to I'm going to ask him if he's aware of the incident during the quarterback controversy between Phil and Jeff Hostetler of someone putting shaving cream in the cleats of Jeff Hostetler. Were you aware of that? Uh, oh. I, I heard the story about it. We still don't know who <laughs> did that. <laughs> but I kind of think, think, think we know that now. <laughs> yeah, we definitely do. We do. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was a 10-year-old kid sitting in the locker room doing my homework. Nobody was around, and some guy was trying to take Dad's job. So I had to, you know, give Dad a little advantage there. Uh, Otis, what, what, what? one thing – I'm uh, go ahead, Otis. What were you going to say? I, I was going to say, you know, Chris, you know we did a lot of practical jokes back then during that during that era, man. We we did that thing. You remember, Do you remember when uh, Phil, your dad, uh, had fish tied to the engine of his car? It drove around oh. all week with that smell. You remember that? I've heard. I've heard, <laughs> yes. Somebody put it in the back – like underneath his back seat of his car – he had no idea he's coming home. You know, Diana, I don't know what the hell's wrong with my car. It smells. And who was it? Jim Bird or Bart Oates put a dead fish back there or something. Yeah, yeah. That was it, yeah. Oh, Otis, I, I, I'm always you're, – you're, you, you, you're just the epitome of, like, old school smash mouth running back. When you look at the current state – you know, of running backs in the NFL or just the way the game's played? Like, what's the number one thing that jumps out to you compared to your day? Well, I, you know, I always try to evaluate what players could have played during the era that, that your dad and I played in. And, uh, you know, and uh, what come to mind is Derrick Henry. Yeah, he is a beast of a running back. I think he could have played in the era that we played in. And, you know, the rules have changed so much. Like, you look at what these guys are doing. I mean, for instance, your dad played, I believe, 14, 15 years, maybe your dad could have probably played, could be still playing based on how the rules have changed and the way you hit the quarterback because your dad was such a workout kind of guy. He worked out with the offensive lineman a lot with Bart and those guys, and uh, he was very strong. So he could have easily been still playing, you know, for a lot longer than what he did. But, you know, the rules just changed and made the game so much, I guess, easier. Uh, and, uh, and you can see it by the way the records are falling. Yeah, you you feel like you probably could have played a few extra years of your career if you played this day and age with, you know, less head, hits to the head and some of the things that are even set up for the running back. You feel that way for that position too? Well, yeah, I, I feel that um, the running back position, you, you probably could because they, they utilize so much different than what it was when I played. You remember, you know, um, Chris – my era, you stayed on the field every down. You didn't it wasn't right. a third down specialist. Uh, if it was second and long, you didn't bring in someone. You kept your your main person in the game because he's capable of doing things for you. You know, so you didn't take him out. Today, you know, you got specialists for almost every situation. Most running backs is on the field first down, and if it's a if it's a loss, he might be off the field on second down. So totally different. And yeah, you probably could play a lot longer. Plus, they don't hit no more. They don't hit a training camp. And, and you know, right. it, but I think it's two padded practice during the season. And after that, it's just, just touch football. <laughs> right. You had an incredible career. The two Super Bowl wins, Super Bowl MVP, 1979 Rookie of the Year, 1989 Comeback Player of the Year, 10,273 <laughs> 
rushing yards. That's more than Earl Campbell. That's more than Terrell Davis. That's more than Larry Zonka. They all have bronze busts in Canton. What do we got to do to get Notice Anderson bronze bust in Canton? Man, I'm glad you asked that question. I'm glad you put those stats up there because I've been asking myself the same question. You know, and you know, and Chris, your dad probably said the same thing about his career is what do we need to do? Like, why are we not there? I just I don't understand it. I, I don't you know, I, I try not to worry about it because I don't because I can't control it. But um, I'm like you guys. I'm very curious to understand what are the, the, the methods or what, what 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 kind of grading system they use to uh, enshrine people, you know, like me who need who want to go in there. So, um, you know, I don't know. Well, I, hey, I mean, Otis, tell us what. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Mike. Go, no, you got it, Mike. Go ahead. Yeah, Mike. Well, th- this is the this is the point where we got to pay the bills. Otis is yes, here sir. today on behalf of Novo Nordisk. Novo tell us Novo what you have Nordisk. going on with them. You know, as a as a uh, patient ambassador of Novo Nordisk, you know, this past year has been tough for everyone, especially people like me who are living with type two diabetes. And you know, most people don't know that conditions like diabetes and obesity, you know, is a uh, Put you at a higher risk of developing severe illness from COVID-19. So I just try to continue to do, educate people with diabetes to to wash their hands and to keep their hand away from their face, stay social distancing, and and also you know with diabetes and obesity and the COVID-20 and COVID-30, which a lot of people start to develop, that ain't good. And that's why the NFL is NFL alumni has uh, formed a a relationship with no one knows called Huddle Up, Let's Talk Obesity. And you can pick it up on obese, uh, uh, with the huddleupobesity.com to get more information about it. But no one knows in the NFL is just trying to branch, branch the gap so that everybody understand that you still got to work out, you still got to develop some type of balance as you go through this whole you know COVID-19 situation. You got to continue to have conversation with your doctors you know, you can't stop doing what you used to do because of COVID-19. You still got to keep that relationship because, you know, diabetes and COVID-19, they don't take a day off and they don't go away. I mean, great cause what you're doing. I mean, you're right. Overall health. I mean, especially during this time, how could that not be a positive or something you want to do? And I, I'd like to end it with that too. You, the workhorse, OJ Anderson, Mr. Right Hand Uppercut. Like, how, how is your body? <laughs> at this point right now in your life? Like, do you feel the wear and tear of all those carries in the eighties? You know what, Chris, I'll be honest with you. Um, the only problem I really deal with is a little early uh, arthritis in my left hip. But uh, if that's all I have after playing 14 years and 30 years later, you know, and it'll make it not affect my golf game. So I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty good. Well, you're pretty we'll great about man. that. We appreciate I don't know your time. Uh, it's uh, it's been great talking to you and going down memory lane. And I, I, I wish I could have seen Chris spraying those uh, shoes full of shaving cream all those years ago. We, we know it was him. And uh, one of these days we'll get Jeff Hostetler on here to talk about that. Thanks, Otis. Great talking to you, pal. Hey, all the best. Yeah, man. You, Mike and Chris. Great job, man. Continue the great work. Thanks, Thank man. You, pal. Be good, Otis. You the all man. Right. Yeah. yeah. Chris, we got to get him in Canton. I, I don't have oh. a vote and I never will have one, but I got to start talking to some people who do. I got to get on Shereen. Well, She's got a vote. We got we, we yeah, to start it, the Otis for Canton. I and always worry about Canton. those guys. Well, hey, listen, Otis first. And I always worry about guys, legends like Otis Anderson. As more time goes on, they just people forget about how great of a player they were and it gets lost in the shuffle. And I don't think that's fair to some of these great players. All right, let's take a break. We got our Tuesday draft when PFT Live continues right after this. Congratulations to you guys. And as always, it's fun seeing you on TV and listening to you. And you give my buddy Chris Sims a break, man. You're really hard on Chris. (laughs) (laughs) I love Chris. All right, he makes it easy to be hard on him. Thanks, man. Take care. As Derek Brooks from yesterday on PFTPM, he had an impressive. You see all those footballs? I said, Derek, uh, if there's ever a football shortage, you're going to be uh, making a ton of money. You got all the footballs behind you. So uh, he was great. He was really great. Special. Uh, 55 special player. For the I mean. Buccaneers. He's involved in the host committee down there. And yeah, one of the all time yeah. greats. Uh, it's, you know, there were so many great players on that defense that it's hard for any one of them to stand out because there were so many. 
No, you're right. It really, it, there, there really was. And when I got there as a rookie, I was in awe. Like Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp and Simeon Rice and Rondé Barber and John Lynch. It was unreal. Derek Brooks was just the NFL defense MVP the year before, Mike. And hey, forget about how awesome he was moving around and running around and doing those things. We've talked about it before. What I was more impressed with than anything with the damn guy is, man, he could call out plays. Just like I've told you stories about Ray Lewis and Zach Thomas. He would call out plays all practice long. He was just a great student of the game, let alone a really special player on the field. So he, he was a great teammate. All right, today's draft, hyperspeed, most important defensive players for Super Bowl 55. Chris, ask me the question. I'll see if I get it right. Probably not. All right, you know the national anthem was Whitney Houston in Super Bowl 25. Halftime, who performed? First, there was a George W. Bush speech because of the Gulf War, but do you remember who performed halftime at Super Bowl 25? George H.W. Bush, it was. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Was Super Bowl Super Bowl twenty five was not the Michael Jackson Super Bowl, um, man. No, I don't know. I I have no idea. That was before they made I was it a there big deal. I, I have remember. no idea. Yeah. The Up with People whoa, Singers. I don't know. Whoa, 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 whoa! Just hanging tough. Was it? The new kids on the block. That? That's the only song oh, I can God. remember right now. How in the yeah. world would I have known that? Okay, you get the first pick. Okay, well, I think the guy that I'm going to go with right off the bat. It's Chris Jones. I'm going to make him my number one pick. Chris Jones, to me, first off, is the best defense alignment in this football game. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs, yes, they like the blitz, but I would got to think with the way the Buccaneers played towards the end of the year, the way they're pass protecting, they keep guys in the block a lot, that you got to be careful about over-blitzing Tampa because they're going to have max protection on some of these times and then have great time to throw the ball with a numbers benefit in the pass game. Chris Jones, to me, the ability to stop Fournette and Jones in the run game, but can he get in Brady's face up the middle? He wasn't real successful in that first matchup. I think he'll have to play a little bit better this time around if they want to win the game. For me, if I had the first pick, it would have been Jones. The obvious second pick, though, Devin White. He's the guy that is the heart and soul of the Tampa Bay defense. As he goes, that defense goes. He sets the tone. He's chippy, not too chippy. He's in your face. He's not too in your face. And I could see him maybe trying to just trying to to give, you know, a Travis Kelsey or somebody just a little bit of the business early on, just to make sure that that those guys know that that they got a rough and tumble crew that's going to be coming after him all day long. Yeah, I, I hear that uh, definitely. And he, to where I look at Devin White, that you know, the Travis Kelsey underneath, like you said, the running back throws underneath. And the other one too, Mike, as much as we've talked about Mahomes and the sprinting out either way, right? He's going to have a big play in that, even stopping him to run. But also as he sprints out, will he be able to play those crossers and not be manipulated by Mahomes' eyes and everything like that? Uh, I'm going to go to Carlton Davis, Tampa Bay corner number 24 as my next pick. Uh, he struggled, you know, the first time around. We know that. Yeah, Tyree Kill burnt him. One, you know, a few, few versus man-to-man coverage, a few were in zone coverage. Carlton Davis is better now than he was then, but certainly, you know, his play is going to dictate how successful the Buccaneers are. They're going to have to roll the dice a few times in the game and put him on an island versus Tyree Kill. And it's just going to be, when he does that, can he avert disaster? Can he just keep it to 10 and 5-yard gains and not get burnt for 80-yard touchdowns? That'll be a big key to the game. I'm going to go with Tyron Matthew, the Chiefs' safety. He's a lot like Devin White in that he's got that instinct of where the ball may be. A timely defensive play is going to be the potential backbreaker. If this turns into a shootout, somebody's got to break serve at some point, and Tyron Matthew would be a candidate to be a guy to pop up in the right spot at the right time and get his hands on a Tom Brady football. Let's take a quick break as we get Chris reconfigured here. We'll finish the draft when PFT Live continues right after this. Hi, Mahomes. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. So my question for you is, even though I'm a Bucks fan, can I still be a Mahomie? If so, what is a Mahomie? Oh, you can always be a Mahomie. Uh, a a Mahomie is, is just someone that loves to help others and, and loves to be a part uh, of the community and making the world a better place. I like the kid's moxie. He just calls him Mahomes. Hi, Mahomes. I, I, <laughs> I, I love that. 
<laughs> All right. I love it too. Uh, I don't, let's, it let's can't keep... be a Mahomey though and, oh, on Sunday if you're rooting for the other team. Sorry. When we played this last night on PFTPM, I said to Shireen, it kind of sounds like you with a shot of helium as the kid. It wasn't me, though. Thank you very okay. much, though. It's All a right. nice, nice right. compliment by you. Is it my pick here? You're, we got. Is it? You're up, up. Round three, most defensive, most important defensive player, or most defensive important player in Super Bowl Fifty Five. I'm going to go to a guy that just got infused into the Tampa lineup and just got healthy, and Vita Vea. I, I, I am going to go there. We know the pass rushers on the edge, JPP and Shaq Barrett, of course, are very important. I want to pick them. I know that. I got to think there's going to be a concerted effort to move Mahomes, the speed sweeps, all those things to slow those guys down, make them hesitate a little bit. But Vita Vea in the middle, that's the one where I look at. Can he push the pocket, get in Mahomes' face to where if Mahomes has nowhere to move up and slide that way, that's where it could get dicey with those two other guys coming around the edge and them collapsing the pocket there. Uh, I, I think he's a phenomenal football player, and I think you're going to hear his name called a few times on Sunday. The Chiefs have really been underrepresented in this draft. I feel like I should take another one to balance it out. Right now, it's 3-2. to two. Not really underrepresented, but it's going to be 4-2 to because I'm going Antoine Winfield Jr. Because, look, if he doesn't make that play on Jared Cook in the divisional round, the Bucs may not be here. It may have been 27-13 in the third quarter of that game. Just a nose for the football, instincts, tough, gritty, just like his dad was. And, you know, th this is his opportunity on a stage I don't think his dad ever made it to. I'd have to go back and look at all the various years. I don't played. think so. He played so many years. Chances are he would have made it. His kid makes it his first season. I don't think he ever did. I, I just think that, that he's got that, that factor, that it, that intangible thing that's going to put him in position to make a big play when the Buccaneers need it, Chris. Yeah, I mean, they certainly, they need him to be healthy and ready to go. It seems like it's all signs pointing him to, to playing, right, Mike? I haven't heard anything this week, but I would be shocked if he's not. And they need all hands on deck, especially in the secondary. You got to deal with this group, this weapons, Mahomes, Andy Reid with two weeks to prepare. You know, that's going to be a lot for that Buccaneers defense to deal with. All right, that's it for today. we got a huge day coming Wednesday with guests. Stick with us all day long at profootballtalk.com. We'll see you back here tomorrow. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.